Hello, welcome to Jake's Old and New Movie Review. I am Jake, I am joined by Mr. Juan. And today we are talking about, in light of uh, the best pick, uh, the Oscar nominations coming out, we talk about the the uh, quintessential masterpiece, 1917. Or, as they're saying, um, it's directed by Sam Mendes, who did American Beauty, Skyfall, Spectre, and it's uh, the big concept is it's a World War One movie about these two soldiers delivering a message, you know, simple story, but the whole thing is... Uh, it's made to look like it's one shot throughout the whole movie, which I think is uh, kind of a way to, like Birdman, you know, previously. And um, I didn't really have expectations going into this movie. Um, I don't. I saw the trailers and really liked it. I, well, I like I uh, the trailers looked really good. I watched it. I really I enjoyed the movie. One. Uh, well, yeah, from the trailers, the way they were really passionate about how they were filming it in one shot and how they had to get all the conditions ready, you know. Line see, it up. Yeah, I wanted to see just, you know, how strong of a story that was going to be. And, you know, after I saw it, I was I was surprised. It was surprisingly well put together. It didn't, like, romanticize anything. It was just a portrayal of, you know, two people saving their platoon. Yeah, I actually agree with that too. There's no like I think like the like I will kind of just go all over the place. But remember like in the in the movie they like talk about like uh, the role of metals and such and uh, then at the end like he delivers the message and he's back to where he started. He's just chilling at the tree underneath. Yeah. I think that was a good way to parallel, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I could see that, yeah. And I don't know, something about the movie really set like the pace of time for me. Like, it didn't feel like you were really rushing it throughout the day. That is true. Like, it never felt like, oh, you know they have to get there, you know, by dawn of the next day. So let's just rush throughout their day. It just felt like a natural progression. Like, you as the viewer never felt, you know, like you knew where things were going. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as a big uh, fan of cinematography, how, how what did you think of... Uh, I mean, this is just kind of a beautifully shot movie. Mm-hmm. Roger Deakins. Uh. I think um, the amount of commitment it takes to do one shot, and the amount of like work they put into you know the background, the scenery, the actual. Oh, trenches. it's insane! Well, they had to build like an uh, like a mile of trenches yeah. for the movie, which is insane. That's a lot, and it's it's crazy how it's all made because it it feels immersive. Like you feel like you're following these guys. I wonder how this movie would be in IMAX actually. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's um, it feels definitely the way they shot it in one scene, which I mentioned this when we saw it together, that it's one of the um, one-shot movies where they don't take away from your perspective of the character to show something else. So like the oh yeah in the trenches where you're following them going from you know their commander to the outside when they're heading into no man's land. And you see a lot of like enemy soldiers, you know, falling mm-hmm. over their comrades, you know, suffering damages. But they never go from the main character to them and then back. It's always just one. That is true. Back. If you look at a movie like Birdman, it's very d- the opposite. Like yeah. it, it bounces from person to person in that uh, in that transition. And I think that's very true. And I like I liked the two characters. Uh, they were played by George McKay and D- Dean Charles Chapman. Uh, Will and Tom were their names, um, and the and the the story in itself is a simple story, you know, just deliver the message yeah. and uh, 
stop it'll stop the attack but i think i think um it's it, it how it's i think that was smart to just have it be a simple story and then just look at the progression yeah. of it and i th- i like how it kind of felt like an experience like more in the sense like it's not it has decent characters but like the, that's not like the big draw the draw is really just like the immersiveness to be a part of like like I kind of would compare this to Dunkirk even though I think Dunkirk's a better movie um Dunkirk is very good at it's not really supposed to be like a character study it's supposed to be just a, a, like immersive and you're supposed to feel it it's like what Christopher Nolan said about Dunkirk it's the same here he just wanted to create uh, imagery with like cinematography, filming, lighting, mm-hmm. all these aspects to kind of make this experience, and I think 1917 does the same thing too. Yeah. And it's also interesting that uh, it's a World War One movie. Why are those so rare? I don't know. I think you know, out of the current wars that we've had before the sequel drops at World War Three, <laughs> uh, World War One is by far the most interesting, simply because of that change in technology. Oh yeah. Because it was the first, like, one they used planes, mm-hmm. the first one they used tanks and stuff. Yeah. It's the first, they used gas warfare, which is now illegal. Yeah, oh, damn. The good, they always got rid of the good <laughs> things. No, oh, just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that's another thing they showed here, was even with their modern tools, uh, their soldiers, you know, our main character still had a bayonet connected oh, to yeah. guns. Oh, yeah. I saw that, too. And I thought that was really interesting. I think they used it a few times. Yeah. Um, and did you th- did the cameos to you feel out of place like Colin Ferguson and Benedict Cumberbatch? Um, not really. I mean, it's hard not to see them yeah. when they're just playing you know a standard character. But no, it felt it felt appropriate. Yeah, th- I mean, like they showcase them so heavily in the trailer, but when you watch mm-hmm. the movie, it's literally just like a cameo yeah. or a bit scene. Um, now highlight. Would you say what would you say a certain highlight of the movie would be? The highlight of the movie, I think it it plays off the like kind of dynamic duo really nicely, where you have one character who still has high hopes, you know, fresh out of you know um, their house, ready to serve, and then you have another character who's already been through the war, so already served through that. So you see the kind of change in character from mm-hmm. hopeful, you know, energetic to someone who's been through hell, and how their interactions ultimately change our main character. Yeah, I so, agree. I th- and I think that was a very smart way to play it because the two characters are kind of different. You have yeah. the one more naive and the more more experienced. And h- how do you feel that uh, the naive, like the more naive young soldier, was the one that died? Uh, that took me by surprise because it wasn't a death that I was expecting. It wasn't an epic death. It was yeah, it like, happens like halfway through the movie. Was it? Yeah, it was more of um, I guess I, w- I don't even want to say it was a cop out kill, even though it feels like it. It's more of um, a death of, to get artistic here again, it's more of like a death of innocence, a death of humanity. Because, you know, the way he died, he was trying to help the German soldier who came down from the plane, and he just stabbed him. Oh, yeah. He didn't care about it. So that's what it feels. It feels more symbolic 
the death itself rather than you know the actions that led up yeah. to it. Well, I did like how the death was played. It was all played serious, mm-hmm. no over the top action stuff. Mm-hmm. That, but that uh, uh, it was all funny in the movie when you watch it. It's uh, as soon as that happened, like right around the corner, there's these three like yeah. trucks. Be- that was the only time the one shot I felt like kind of felt jarred. Like oh, like they were quiet. And I've heard an argument. It was like oh, he was in the emotional moment, so he didn't hear them. Mm-hmm. So now hear them. But that was a good moment. It was very well acted. I was surprised. I didn't know like when I watched in the theater I didn't know if like they were going to be able to make him to like a medic or something like that mm-hmm. if they were going to be able to like help out but I mean I'm not really sure but I think my favorite scene was before that where they go in the basement and the, the, the oh. detonation comes yeah. off that was really that's probably my favorite part of the movie honestly um, I th- just uh, like a, it was a rat that triggered uh, the tripwire mm-hmm. of all things and it almost killed them it almost killed uh, the other guy, uh, Mc- George McKay, not Takai. <laughs> and uh, what ha- what ended up happening is uh, when they see that dogfight and the plane crashes. Um, what do you think of uh, like that part where it's like you see the plane and it just comes into the farmhouse? That, that, that was, was incredible. That's incredible. That's probably the most like a movie moment thing in the film. Like, you know, oh, conveniently, the plane's falling too. Yeah. Characters. But, I mean, it looked great, oh, but uh, I did definitely see... Did, did the movie feel to you, like, I, I don't know, did, did it feel more like going for realism, or did you ever get the feeling it was a movie in some spots? It felt like it was a... In some spots, it felt like it was a movie. And where I really felt it was a movie, believe it or not, it was um, right after the death of one of the characters and he gets picked up by that uh, caravan yeah that entire conversation within the back of the truck that felt the most like a movie to me yeah I actually agree and I even agree like it extends to that part where they have to push the truck mm-hmm. out of the that felt like yeah. kind of an off I would have actually probably cut that scene out if I was making the movie but the problem is like you need a way for him to get there because I don't did they ever say in the movie how long the trip would take for him to make the message or they just no. leave it blank they leave it blank so maybe that was like their way to uh, like speed it up the process like oh yeah he that's how he got there so fast yeah. And there was only one cut in the whole movie. It was uh, where uh, he uh, passes out, or he gets shot, and then he wakes up. And another interesting thing I thought about this movie is, how do you feel like that most of like the the, the fights were one on one? One on one. I like that aspect as well. I feel like with we don't really know how late into the war they are even if it is 1917 which is nearing the end yeah but they don't specify like you know at what point where are we you know what are our general locations yeah so to see it be one-on-one kind of reflects you know how it felt in the first world war like the second world war we know we fantasize it to be oh it's us against the nazis it's us against the axis powers but with the first world war it wasn't as clear it was just yeah, it, the, the 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 lines weren't as drawn in the sand. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there, and I think I, and I mean like I think it worked really well. Like the fact that like it's war. Like I I like that it went to the two extremes. Like it was either like you the enemy was like faceless. Yeah. Like when he's running through the battlefield, you don't even see them, or it was just like one on one. The same with that guy in the plane, and the other the same other one is the guy that not the guy that shot him, but the guy after. Where uh, he like tells him to be quiet and he, oh, then he shouts for help. Yeah. That was another similar instance too, and I thought like it, it, uh, I, you never see that really in war movies. I thought it was an interesting way to put it, 
Um, now, uh, what I uh, saw this criticism of the movie is uh, when the first guy dies, they said, uh, "Oh, you know the other guy's safe. Like he's gonna make it yeah. through the whole movie." Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it would be an interesting take for sure if he actually dies and that's the end of the movie. Oh yeah, like do. Yeah, the message never gets it. The whole platoon's massacred. Because uh, that is also another uh, factor to consider within that time. There's no way to like pass messages accurately. I know. I know. So that could have easily happened as well. I love my dog. I mean, what if they use, still use pigeon? <laughs> pigeon messages. Uh, my dog it, uh, wanted to come in to the studio, guys. So that, that's the jangling, the jingle of a dog's car, collar you see right there. Another thing I wanted to bring up, what do you think of um, when he finds a safe spot and he finds the French woman? Oh, I actually thought that part was kind of interesting. I mean, like, if you look at it in, like, the context of the movie, it does seem like it doesn't really have much to do with the story, but it was a good character development scene, I thought. Um, was it, like, really the most entertaining? No, but I liked how it developed him and how he gave the milk to the baby. What do you think? I think... Just about every war movie has a scene where it's, you know... That is true. A civilian or, like, a woman, and they somehow have a connection. Oh, yeah. So they always force that. It Um, is true. It is in, like, every war movie. I mean, that's kind of, like, one of the reasons I like Dunkirk is... I mean, I know it sounds bad because that movie has, like, no female characters, but, like, it... it, it, What... I will, yeah, I maintain Dunkirk is a uh, better movie by far. Um, but with Dunkirk, they didn't really go by any cliches like that. What I like about Dunkirk, it was all through the filmmaking. Like, it showcased war and how horrific it is. But it didn't use any cliches, it didn't use any punches. It simply used how to use the camera and all these factors to display it. And that's why I love 1917, I feel the one shot is... M- I don't know if it's as genuine as yeah. Christopher Nolan would have made it. Uh, I think the one-shot take works for the movie for what it's trying to do. But I do, I did admit. Could you admit the cut? Could you see the cuts? Oh, like yeah, when yeah. they transition, like say they go into a dark alley, mm-hmm. or say they like, or it like goes behind a, a fake-looking uh, object. Yeah, I mean, and that's another limitation if you're working with like World War One. You're still going through ten- trenches. You're still going through tight spaces. You can always make a cut there. Oh yeah, so. yeah, and uh, there's uh, what do you th- the, the last like in the part where he's like in uh, uh, the part in the trailer where he's running and how they mm. did it look funny in the movie? It looked funny. Uh, it, it, I think it's a great shot, but in the context of the movie, it's like oh he's like oh we can't make it. Oh he just gets up and runs through yeah. like this enemy fire. Yeah, that's yeah that was probably another like super movie moment that the cannons happen to miss him or. He trips and just makes. Oh it yeah, I do remember that. And you know, it worked great in the trailer because you see, like, it's uh, he's running and the 1917 logo comes in. Mm-hmm. But like in the movie, it's like, oh, it's like almost fantasy. Like, uh, uh, what do you have any uh, like, what other big flaws do you have with the movie? Ooh, big flaws. I guess it isn't really a flaw in my opinion. It's just um. I feel like this is something it does well, and that is uh, the deaths that you do see are surprisingly dignified. Like, you don't see overly mutilated bodies or anything. You see them either that is true. in the river or, like, the most you see is when they're first walking and he accidentally you know, sticks his hand oh, to one of the soldiers. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that yeah. part. And I, 
I actually agree with that. Actually, looking back, that was actually really true. I, I mean, I don't like. I like it when more movies they showcase like the deaths and such naturally. It's not like a like. No. I mean, kind of like Saving Private Ryan is probably the best example. Like when you have that opening scene on the Beach B Day, you got to show the gruesomeness, but you don't want to go over the top. You got to have a good spot. And what do you think of the fact that uh, when he reaches the uh, end, he has that conversation with his friend's brother? Oh, I mean, odds are that if he actually had made it, you know, it makes sense anyway. It just, it's a weird reflection and another very, like, movie moment thing that his brother also happens to be very much like him. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, like, it literally, like, except yeah. except being played by a different actor, he, like, had all the same characteristics. Yeah, same qualities. And, like, how having that interaction suddenly inspires him to, you know, look at the pictures of his family and consider going back home. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, I did like that because uh, it played into that earlier scene where uh, she asked him if she had a wife or kids, and he said no. Mm -hmm. Or no, he didn't say no, he just didn't answer. And then you find out at the end. I thought that was a good payoff. I liked the ending, like I said, where he sits on the tree. I kind of liked the fact that the movie um, didn't really... Like, I, I, how do how do I phrase this? Like, when he deli like, delivers the message, it's not praised as a job well done. It's praised like, oh, he did something to yeah. help the war out. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than, oh, you know, you, you know, yeah. didn't. It, it's like, I see where you're going with that, where your best efforts aren't necessarily from, like, the top hero. They're from everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And they're not, they're not, 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 um, they might not even get a medal or be admired for it, but it's good they did that. It's like those little people that uh, kind of uh, put all the parts together and make it work. Yeah. So, and uh, s uh, this <laughs> movie did win the Golden Globe for Best Picture. Um, what do you think? Uh, and it's... We're, we'll maybe talk about this briefly. It got nominated for Best Picture. It's a big contender for winner against Parasite and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What do you think has the best chance of... Uh, Ooh, I think uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might take it. But, uh, that'd be huge yeah. because having like Tarantino uh, win his first... Uh, not his first Academy Award, but his first Academy Award for directing be major. major. I could see it happening. Um in terms of the Golden Globes, and this is a criticism just in general, I feel they're too close to the Academy Awards, to the Oscars, but they're also a little bit too similar nowadays. Yeah. It feels like they... Not that they piggyback off of each other, of course. It's the same, you know, the same movies that they're critiquing. But if you have the Golden Globes, you know, last week, and then the fucking... Um, Academy Awards on February. Yeah. Not that even They're like back forward. to back. Yeah, they're back to back. And they're, in essence, honoring the same things, just, you know, from different perspectives. I don't know. I feel like you could watch one or the other and you still get the same experience. That's true. That's why I always choose to watch the Oscars. I feel like the Oscars has much more weight to it. The Golden Globes, I also dislike that they separate uh, genre. They have two genres they use, drama and musical or comedy. Mm -hmm. And I hate that they do that. I think that's so limiting. The Oscars, I like that's just baseless, you know. It's like that, 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 that. Um, this movie was the number one movie over the weekend too. Uh, do you, do you think like this is a movie you sh have to see in the theater? Like it's really have to see. I feel like um, if you're a fan of war movies, if you're a fan of like dramas, definitely see it in theaters. But if you're expecting you know something to the degree of Saving Private Ryan, Dunkirk, or those levels 
of movies then maybe you know wait out for the DVD release yeah but I think it's trying to also go for a different story than the, like a different take like it's trying to go the more easygoing and it, it, it just following a, like just having a World War One movie I think is really impressive and it really uh, it's kind of I can't believe we never get them that often like this is one of the few like few in a long while and now it's ta- like uh, taking uh, the country by storm yeah, it was a pretty packed theater when we saw it too. Um, it, yeah, I know. Uh, it was, and it was very. Um, oh, there were so many trailers too in front of it. Remember, it was so ridiculous. Oh my goodness! You look at the production. They uh, they uh, needed like five hundred extras and some shit. They originally wanted Tom Holland in the movie. Before, uh, I don't know what is which character, but instead of. Uh, they want Tom Holland to be in one of the roles, but he couldn't hmm. do it. I wonder if he, who he, he would have been. I don't think that would have worked. Tom Holland, uh, <laughs> this is just you know me uh, freestyling here. Tom Holland has the look of a World War Two soldier rather than a World War One soldier uh, to me. Well, I thought the I I thought that like George McKay was a great pick for the soldier because he was like sh- like sh- jaw straight faced and mm-hmm. serious and stuff. <laughs> Dean Charles Chapman, I and I think it worked in the casting because Dean Dean uh, Charles Chapman he uh, he kind of uh, what's the word. Uh, um, he has that doughier face, but mm-hmm. that represents the naivety and how he's kind of just thrown into this. Yeah. Unlike the other guy, who's kind of a more experienced soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, I it really enjoyed the movie. Uh, it has its flaws. I don't think it's the best of the year, or one of the. It's definitely an honorable mention for the best of the year, but it is still very good. I still highly recommend it from a very good director, Sam Mendes. Um, I think this is his first big uh, Oscar contender since American Beauty hmm. which is insane but uh, I liked it what would you rate it out of uh, five, uh, five stars five stars I'd, I'd give it I'd give it a four yeah I'd about to give it a four too. four yeah yeah not many movies this year have been a five for, a couple have been a five but I mean do you want to have any final thoughts on 1917 uh, final thoughts on 1917 um, I don't think we'll be seeing more World War One movies despite this one's success I think that it's a very specific genre that you have to pull off correctly, either by picking a short story within a setting, which is what like they did, yeah, pretty much. or basically just retelling it, because Tarantino do yeah, World War One movie because it's again bringing it up to the point. Not that World War Two didn't have any history, but if you look at it culturally, we know oh Nazis, we know you know we have our preconceptions. Yeah, 19, uh, World War One doesn't really have that iconic yeah. uh, imagery mm-hmm. or cultural like it's icon. just like the fall of certain empires, and like no one's gonna know. Does anyone know what the Ottoman Empire is anymore? No. Oh, maybe. <laughs> See, th- and, and like this movie, I you probably like this movie did the smart thing by just having it f- like it's not about the details it's mm-hmm. about just these guys getting the message out in the concept of World War yeah. 1 so they they definitely played it smart I feel and uh, even Dunkirk because Dunkirk it was a World War uh, 2 movie but it didn't rely on like Nazis and stuff like yeah. that I like that it was just kind of it's a war movie it's a war movie unlike any most war movies so that was 1917, a very good movie. And then before we kind of close off, I kind of want to do a brief discussion of the Oscar nominations, mm-hmm. talk about how they uh, can play in. So we're, we're kind of just going to go uh, through the, uh, the the biggest eight, as I like to say. Um, 
It's uh, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor and Actress, and then Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Original Screenplay. Now, I kind of want to go Best Picture and then go down. Now, Best Picture winner, who do you think should... Uh, what should win Best Picture? What I feel should win is The Irishman, but what I know will win is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I I'd be okay with Once Upon. I love it was my favorite movie of the year. Uh, the Irishman was fantastic too. I honestly think Parasite, which I haven't seen yet, it's on my it's on my list. I'm I'm gonna watch it very soon, I promise. But Parasite is the the three I've heard that they're gonna. Uh, I don't think they'd give it to Joker. No, I don't think they'd give it to Joker. But the Irishman definitely deserves it more than the uh, like the Irishman's just magnificent in every way. I'm surprised Ford v. Ferrari got a nomination. Uh, yeah, I could see it. I think it's uh, mostly for the way they shot um, motion and driving. That's true. I mean, what were your thoughts on that movie? Overall? Of course, right. Overall, very good. I think the casting was excellent. Matt Damon and Christian Bale yeah. were great together. I think uh, the time period was excellent. I like Shelby as a company, so like seeing it in you know the large screen... Oh yeah, yeah. Like the foundation and what he did, you know, fictitious or otherwise, what he did to kind of, you know, cement the Americas in the Le Mans race. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought it was so interesting. Like my only issue with Ford v Ferrari is kind of like the uh, the villain. Um, it like the vi- it kind of seemed over the top in the villains and how mm. Ford didn't want. Ken to be the driver. I thought yeah. that was a little far-fetched. Um, I don't know how it was in real life. I don't know if they were actually that adamantly against him, but to me it seems kind of strange. But a very good movie. Otherwise, The Irishman absolutely loved Masterpiece. We'll have to do a full episode on that. Um, but it's just an incredible movie. Um, yeah, I think it's between 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Those are the three. I think and uh, Marriage Story fantastic Little Women fantastic Joker got a nomination the probably my least favorite of the best picture nominees is Jojo Rabbit did you hear about Jojo Rabbit or see anything about uh, Taika Waititi dressed as Hitler yeah I I haven't seen it but I like the concept I like I like like it was okay I'd say like the, my main problem with the movie is I feel like it didn't really have much to say like mm-hmm. not like I like. I'm not like one of those people. Like, oh, it's about Nazis. Yeah. Co- co- comedy about Nazis. Get rid of it. It's not like that. It's just that I feel the movie didn't really have much to say about the anything new to say about the Holocaust. It kind of treaded over the same water. And I love. I usually love Taika Waititi, but that movie just kind of didn't really play to my senses. Now, best director. It's either gonna be Tarantino or Scorsese. Yeah. There's really no question on that. Like, I don't. I. I don't. I'd be surprised if it was anybody else. Um, I'd be heavily surprised. Um, and then with we, we go into best actor, and now I'm gonna do who I think wa- that this okay. We'll, we'll do this for the other categories: who we want to win, or who we should, sh- uh, who we think will win, or who should win. Mm-hmm. For best picture, actually, kind of goes in the same. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I think it will. I hope it does. Loved it. You said the Irishman, you want to win, but probably once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Best director, I'm okay with either Scorsese or Tarantino. Mm-hmm. I think they might do an upset and just throw Sam Mendes in there. Ooh. They might do an upset just for that. That would be terrible. <laughs> Sam Mendes has already won, though, too, mm-hmm. for American Beauty. But that was, like, 20 years ago. Yeah, I want Tarantino Scorsese to win. But I, I don't see Todd Phillips winning for Joker. I just And Bong Joe who for Parasite. Now, Best Actor. 
who I think will win is Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Who I want to win is Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Did you see Marriage Story? I didn't see Marriage Story, but I do like Adam Driver as an actor. He's oh, very, he's fantastic. He's Breakout star of the decade, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's fantastic. Um, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio got nominated for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's excellent in it. The Two Popes, Jonathan Price. I have not seen that movie. Uh, it's on my list. I have it on my computer. Um, did you hear about The, the Two Popes? No, no. It's about um, Jonathan uh, about uh, Pope Benedict and Pope Francis meeting each other and mm. their exchanging of the throne, basically. Okay. Uh, Anthony Hopkins plays Pope Benedict and Jonathan Price plays uh, Pope Francis. It's a Netflix original. Okay. Yeah, the two popes, which is an interesting idea. I'll have to check it out. And because people have been saying, like, even if you're not into religion, it's a very good movie. Otherwise, like, you'll it's a, like a comedy drama type. So who do you think? Do you think Joaquin? Oh, and Antonio Banderas got his first Oscar nomination for *Pain and Glory*. Huge, huge. Now, who do you think will win? Will win? I'm leaning towards Joaquin. Yeah, I think he will as well. The amount of commitment he put to the role. Oh yeah, it was like his life for all of shooting. Mm -hmm. But my, I think the best, like as amazing as Joaquin Phoenix was, Adam Driver, I think pulled it out because *Marriage Story*. He's him and Scarlett Johansson, absolutely fantastic. Now, Best Actress is going to be a controversial category this year because everyone's saying Renee Zellweger is going to win for Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping Saoirse Ronan wins for Little Women or Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. That's interesting. Now, uh, I want Charlize Theron to win for Megyn Kelly just because it's so like modern that you have an actual comparison yeah from and she, did you see Bombshell that was a I ended up watching yeah. yeah that was a good movie and she was amazing as Megyn Kelly and Charlie Theron uh, she's our I think she's already an Oscar oh she won for Monster so this would be really cool if she won the one I was shocked is Cynthia Erivo for Harriet yeah. I didn't even I didn't even hear about like I saw the poster that's it that movie was like a big deal I thought it looked like a, like a cheesy biopic <laughs> Was it like an actual authentic biopic? Uh, it had some cheese in there, but otherwise it was it was surprising, you know, dedicated to what it was going for. I mean, Janelle Monae's in it, so she's always in like she was in Hidden Figures for fuck's sake. Oh, it has the guy from Hamilton, not Lin Manuel Miranda, but the guy that plays uh, Hamilton now. Mm-hmm. Um, so best actress, I guess you'd want Charlie Theron. Yeah. Do you think Renee Zellweger will win for Judy Garland? Uh, yeah, ultimately. unfortunately, that's the big pick everyone says. But I, I I'd want Sir Sharon, Sir Sharon to be my pick if I pick Best Actress. Now, Best Supporting Actor for me, no doubt, Brad Pitt should win as Best Supporting Actor, mm. and I honestly think he will win Best Supporting Actor. The only other ones I see winning it are Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. But if they won it, I would not be upset because both Al Pacino and Joe Pesci were fantastic in The Irishman. Mm-hmm. Also, a snub is Robert De Niro didn't get nominated for Best Actor, which is a travesty, I feel. Um, yeah, I feel like that's also a snub, but if you consider it in terms of like The Irishman, yeah, it's not, it's not like De Niro himself was the star. He was more like... The way they portrayed it was more like he was the leftover from this entire legacy. That is true. So. That, and th- that is true. And I think the movie, like, kind of like you have Jimmy Hoffa, you have Russell Buffalino. Yeah. He was like the guy that kind of just took their orders and followed them. Yeah. But, I mean, who do you, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, like, just how incredible were they in the Irish movie? Yeah, they were fantastic. Like, and how does it feel, like, when you, like, seeing Joe Pesci again after all this time? <laughs> what? Are you watching? Sorry, my dog's barking. 
my dad. I don't know, just seeing them, not really like with youth, you know, through technology, but also in, you know, their experience with acting. Just, I feel like they definitely would win their nominations. Either one of them will win it. Yeah. I mean, The Irishman's also up for Best Visual Effects, so. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's the other, like, nominees are, like, besides 1917, the other nominees are, like, Endgame, Star Wars, stuff like that. Uh, Lion King. So, if the Irishman won, because, like, that's revolutionary how they're able to do uh, the de-aging technology they're doing right now. Um, Now, you said if they just did a snub and gave it to Tom Hanks for playing Mr. Rogers. Yeah, the thing is, like, you have Tom Hanks and you have Brad Pitt in the list, and they're both very good at, like, basically typecasting themselves yeah so i feel like brad pitt plays it a little bit better at what he's given rather than tom hanks like tom hanks just felt like a very genuine man he wasn't like acting out of his own range yeah because uh like tom hanks is always so wholesome anyway and anthony hopkins and for the two popes still got to see the movie so i can't really comment on it but i vote for brad pitt you uh let's say al pacino al pacino and who, who do you think will win who I think will win? I could see Tom Hanks just get winning. Oh, just a snub. Uh, I'm I'm putting it on Brad Pitt, honestly. Yeah. Now, best supporting actress. Um, I go Laura Dern for Marriage Story, and I think she will win it. I have a pretty good chance she would. What do you think of the best supporting actress nominees? Hmm. I trust Kathy Bates. I've always trusted Kathy Bates. So, so uh, I mean, Misery. I actually did haven't seen that movie yet. Richard mm-hmm. Jewell. It was in theaters and I just missed it, but I saw the other four. Margot Robbie was pretty good in Barmshell. Florence Pugh was pretty good in Little Women. Scarlett Hansen was okay in Jojo Rabbit. She was good, but like not outstanding. Marriage Story, I think, is really Laura Dern is amazing, and I think it it will. She probably will win Best Supporting Actress. I just have a feeling. You, okay. I could see it if uh, with the talks that have been around Marriage Story, I could yeah. see it happening. And that leads to Best Original Screenplay, which I think should go to Marriage Story as well. Cause the it sounds surreal. Like it's like the movie's just about uh, some people getting divorced, but it is so authentic that it is amazing. And I think it's just su- such a good screenplay for that reason. Uh, I haven't seen like Marriage Story directly, so I can't really comment on that. Uh, from what I have seen, though, I'd either give it to Knives Out or Parasite. Parasite. Mm-hmm. Okay, I still got see Parasite's the one I got. See yeah. Knives Out still had a brilliant screenplay. Mm-hmm. Loved Knives Out. Such a good murder mystery, too. Yeah. And then Best Adapted Screenplay, I go The Irishman. Irishman. Oh, they count Joker as adapted. I guess, <laughs> I guess, that, makes, I guess that makes sense. Uh, so, like, they count Joker as adapted. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it to The Irishman as well, but I could see Joker. Yeah, getting me too. It. Like, if it doesn't Little Women yeah. probably had the second best screenplay for The Irishman. Well, uh, uh, and that's the Oscar nomination. Now, with The Irishman, would you, are you curious to read the book? I heard you paint houses. That would be yeah, that'd be a good book to read. Yeah, the one's based on Yeah, I mean I see the I see Joker probably winning, but the Irishman would be a good pick too. Um I vote. And then yeah, oh and uh best animated film is not that good this year. Where's um Where's into the Spider Verse? Was that not twenty? That came out last year. That one best animated feature last year. Okay. okay. Came out December of twenty eighteen. Best sound editing. Look at all these terms, man. Joker wins best. Oh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil got nominated for best makeup, best costume design, best film editing. What's nominated for best cinematography? 
Uh, but this cinematography is The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh, The Lighthouse. Without, but, a, without a doubt. Yeah, I'd go to The Lighthouse, too. I hope it wins, but I feel like it'd be a snub. Production design, Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Production. Um, oh, that has to go for 1917. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so, too. Let's see. We'll go through all the tech features because i know you're into that stuff sound editing ford v ferrari joker 1917 once upon a time in hollywood rise of skywalker rise of skywalker is there i'm not gonna give it to any star wars movie because it's been the same sound effect since the 70s <laughs> the <laughs> that's true clothes. so that's out um once upon a time in hollywood sound editing for me in that movie was mostly like just picking out the soundtrack and where to put it yeah so for this one, I like. I would actually like to see um, either 1917 or Ford vs. Ferrari. Yeah, I, I'd vote the same thing. Now sound mixing, we get Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, Joker, Ford v. Ferrari, and Ad Astra. And with Ad Astra, this man didn't see it with me because he chose to see an anime movie called Tokyo Ghouls. Tokyo Ghouls. Worth every minute. It was. Fantastic. For some... Mystery. I'd probably still go Ford v. Ferrari on that one. Yeah. So, uh, you voted uh, Lighthouse Best Cinematography, mm-hmm. Best Production Design? Still 1917. Still 1917, yeah. yeah. Best Makeup and Higher Styling. Oh, jeez. Um, that's an interesting, from the list, that's an interesting pick. I'm willing to say um, Maleficent, just Ooh. because of what they have to do to Angelina Jolie every time. Yeah, uh, I'd say either Maleficent... Or Bombshell. Yeah. Because the fact in Bombshell how they made them look exactly like the people they played sure. was really cool. Best costume design. I go Little Women. Little Women. Out of out of everybody? Yeah, I could see. Because everybody else is relatively like normal in terms of where they would be. Yeah. So. Best film editing. You saw all the, uh, most of the movies up for best film editing. I gotta go The Irishman. Irishman, and I'll throw in Parasite. Parasite in was the editing really good? In, it was. Yeah. I got man, I got check this movie out. It's on. It's on my tw- uh, right here. Uh, Parasite HD rip. So it's like I gotta watch it. And then we'll close off best visual effects. Do you freeze to give it to Star Wars or Endgame or The Lion King? King. <laughs> no. Well, I will say the effects in Lion King were incredible. That's probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's photorealism effects. Yeah. They just like didn't do enough to like animate it in comparison to yeah. the original. Yeah, so I could see that. Um, I, mean, I go for the Irishman. The Irishman that de aging technology blew my fucking yeah. mind. It's either the Irishman or Endgame, just because. The, I, I, I'd go the Irishman or Lion King. That's what I'm hoping for. Oh man, you know I'm gonna that, that, I'm gonna use that's gonna be a tidbit we use like uh, how how why is Star Wars nominated for best sound editing? It's the same sound effects since the seventies. <laughs> that really is true. They use the same blasters, the same the lightsabers sound the same. Yeah, like like the the new waves of uh, lightsabers, you know, with the triple. Yeah, with the hilts, those sound a little bit different. They sound crunchier, but everything else is the same. Well, what I watched the doc, uh, the Star Wars documentary about the original trilogy called Empire of Dreams, and uh, the sound engineer Ben Burgos into detail like how he uh, came up with the sounds, like the laser, like uh, Darth Vader's breathing is. Uh, uh, he put a microphone at the bottom of a scuba tank, and that it, that's that noise. It's, it's pretty interesting with stuff like that. Blasters, I think he just pulled up a string or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, that's our episode for this week. Any final thoughts, Juan? 
Oh, we'll see what happens between now and the Oscars. I know. Yeah. And uh, we will see you next week. Uh, we'll, do, uh, we'll probably be seeing The Gentleman mm, okay, yeah. with Matthew McConaughey. I mean, how big of a fan of McConaughey are you? I am one of the biggest fans out there, so yes. I hope they're saying very positive things. I know. Well, who else? Oh, Hugh Grant's in it as well. I mean, this is Guy Ritchie's return to the uh, crime uh, thing after, I mean, after King Arthur and Aladdin, he has nowhere else to go. So, Anyway, thank you very much. Peace. See you later.